Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are trading higher this morning on the back of overnight gains on Wall Street. Tokyo is up 0.4%. Sydney and Seoul are up about one-third of a percent. Investors have their eyes on Tokyo this morning, where the Bank of Japan is set to make an interest rate announcement at 11 a.m. Singapore time. Joining me now so we can get a pulse of all the market action. How's Friday looking, Ryan Huang? Friday is looking great. How's your Friday going? So far, so good, Ryan. Let's start with two asset classes this morning. They don't necessarily have a lot in common, except analysts and investors are demonstrating increasing bullishness on both. And I am talking about tech and energy. So here at home, the investment house, RHB, has announced that it is overweight on Singapore technology stocks. KGI believes a locally listed energy company is set to outperform. And over in the US, Warren Buffett continues to put his money into a petroleum company. We're going to take a look at each of these in turn, starting with Singapore Tech. So when you think about the Singapore market, Ryan, technology is not usually the first sector to come to mind. Tell us which companies is RHB highlighting and why does it think that these companies are good investments? Yeah, it's um, very different when you talk about technology in Singapore. And RHB has highlighted two companies here, Franken Group and Venture Corp. And why I say it's different is because they focus on components manufacturing. So it's hardware. Whereas when you talk about tech in most cases, like in the FANG stocks, it's software or platforms. But in Singapore, uh, it's a slightly different picture. But still, quite a bullish outlook going by RHB's call. And that's because of demand. It is calling these technology stocks with a overweight recommendation um, because of a few things. One is that there has been a recent correction across the global tech sector and that's leaving some of these stocks at attractive, undemanding valuations. And if you look at what's happening with the likes of um, Franken, um, the global tech sector is taking a beating and they are quite still bullish on the semiconductor segment, which is where Franken is um, getting some uh, momentum from. So they feel Manufacturers in this space, like Franken, and to some extent Venture as well, will still get more upside as uh, we see the shortage of parts start to ease further and then the components space will also benefit from that. So that is um, part of the, I guess, more optimistic view of how things can play out later this year. Shares of Venture Corp are down 18% over the past year. The Franken Group has fallen that much in just the past three months. RHB thinks that both stocks should see a turnaround. KGI, meanwhile, it's highlighting an energy company which it says is the fastest growing diversified miner in Asia. So who's this company and why does KGI think it's set to outperform? Okay, this company is Golden Energy and Resources. So KGI is bullish on it for a couple of reasons. In fact, um, it's a good sum up in its report title fastest growing diversified miner in Asia mm. and it's calling this company Golden Energy and Resources uh, one which will see a transformational year because it's on track to really ramp up its production capacity this year and it's also got profits to do so and that is also going to be lifted with its acquisition of BHP Mitsui Coal so that is helping it with the transformational picture. And when you look at some of its assets, it is in the right places um, because these are the well flavors of the year. 
coal, for example, coal prices are going up. So it's going to be benefiting from its assets in Australian and Indonesian coal miners. Mm -hmm. Gold is also expected to be one of the plays that will benefit. And it has a bit of an interest here, a 50% owned Ravenswood Gold Mining Facility. And also looking at where we are for their target price, uh, it is with a outperform call and the target price at a dollar twenty nine. So looking at a very optimistic picture for GEAR. Indeed. Shares of Golden Energy and Resources trading up 40% so far this year at 40 cents per share. But KGI thinks that this stock has a lot more room to run and it's set to target price of $1.29 a share for it. So what do you think of RHB and KGI's picks? I mean, do you agree that it could be a really good time to look at local tech and energy counters? Yeah, typically when we see some of these big trends play out, the local markets are uh, not at the forefront of these trends. So there is a case that these stocks may do some catching up with the global leaders. So on that basis, you could argue um, these stocks at a right valuation uh, have upside and more potential to go. All right, next up is not Broker's Tape per se. It is a company, though, that one of the world's most prominent investors is clearly keen on. I am talking about Warren Buffett and Occidental Petroleum. Now, we talked about Buffett's investments in Occidental on the show before, but this morning we have fresh news that Buffett is buying even more stock in the company. What's the latest here? All right, more Occidental. So it's <laughs> almost a repeating story every week. He keeps buying up more of the stuff. And I I think that really shows how confident he is in the company and in the sector to some extent. So he has bought an additional 18.1 million shares. So that's almost $1 billion worth over the first three days of this week. And that is at an average weighted price of 54.41 per share. And if you look at where the price is right now, it's at 5801. So he's already in the money. So you are looking at Warren Buffett now holding on to around 13% of Occidental in terms of a stake. And that stake is at $7.2 billion worth. He also holds warrants to exercise them at $60 per share. So he could exercise them if they are at the right price. And if he does do so, it will bring his stake up to almost 22%. So off the back of the latest news, you've got Occidental Petroleum up 9.5% and Berkshire Hathaway shares also rising 2.9%. Mm, Vicky Holub, Oxy's CEO, is probably feeling really good about an earnings call she made on Feb 25th because Buffett says he decided over the weekend to start buying after reading a transcript of that February 25th earnings conference call. And he praised the CEO saying, I read every word and this is exactly what I would be doing. She's running the company the right way. Berkshire Hathaway's purchases of Occidental Petroleum shares are helping boost its share price. Occidental Petroleum shares jumped nearly 10% overnight. Oil prices, meanwhile, turned higher overnight as well. Brent crude trading above 107 US dollars a barrel. West Texas is at 104. So we're seeing oil prices ease up. What is pushing them back above the 100 US dollars a barrel mark again? Uh, in short, it's headlines. Um, mm. So it's very little to really put your money on these days um, in terms of fundamentals because uh, you've got so much news overwhelming traders right now. And the latest seems to be in the form of how the Kremlin 
is casting doubts on those negotiations with Russia, those peace talks. So there were earlier indications or at least reports that there was major progress in those talks. But then a spokesman from Russia comes out to say, Ukraine was wrong and talks will continue. So that kind of gives the um, picture for oil a very different take because it now means the potential for more disruptions Mm -hmm. when it comes to Russian oil flows. And that will mean a tighter supply and prices in that case are now going up after easing for a couple of days. Despite rising oil prices, buying sentiment on Wall Street continues to be bullish. The major U.S. indices all finished up more than 1% overnight. U.S. markets enjoying their best three-day run since November. The rally was due in part to one factor which has been overhanging markets this week, but which lifted overnight. I'm talking here about the fear of a Russian debt default. Now, we've discussed this right here on this program, Market View Minute, now, whether or not Moscow would have enough U.S. dollars to pay its debts in the face of the economic sanctions that have been levied on the country. So what's the verdict here? It seems Russia has indeed been able to make payments. Yeah, I am scratching my head on this one because there are just so few details to go on here. We've got a couple of headlines. JP Morgan Chase has received debt payment from Russia, according to a source, and they have sent on that money to Citigroup. So we've got two banks involved in the chain here. Mm -hmm. So apparently... You had JP Morgan getting approval to do so from US authorities to send the money across. But what we don't know is in what form the payment was made. Was it paid in US dollars, for example? Uh, or was it paid in rubles? And also, if the creditors can actually receive the payment. So that is still not very clear because going by some of the reports, some of the European bondholders have yet to receive anything. So it's still a wait-and-see game for these bondholders. So if they are unable to receive anything, Russia will go into a default in 30 days. But of course, Russia is calling it an artificial default because they claim they have the money to do so. They just can't get access to it. The stock market rally is also spurred in part by some better-than-expected economic reports. So which parts of the U.S. economy appear to be doing well? Okay, if you look at the U.S. economy, it is actually looking quite good on a couple of fronts. So you've got in the latest week, uh, this week, you've got a couple of um, good numbers coming through from unemployment claims, fewer workers claim for those initial jobless benefits, and you have also on the property front, builders breaking ground on more homes last month than Mm. what people were looking out for. And also around manufacturing, that was stronger than expected. So there were some earlier uh, worries that we might see Omicron causing a bit of a dent when it comes to some of these activities. But that seems to be not the case. And on those metrics, at least, it looks quite promising. One area of overhang, though, that markets have not forgotten about, even if it's not been an area of focus over the past few sessions, is the Russian war in Ukraine. Now, there are also concerns that China may help Russia invade economic sanctions or even sell it military hardware. U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping are set to talk about these issues today. What's the latest here? All right. Stay tuned for a phone call today. Mm. And you've got U.S. President Joe Biden trying to coax his counterpart Chinese President Xi Jinping to put more pressure on Russian President Vladimir Putin. So 
like you pointed out, China has the ability to help Russia in many ways, not just giving them weapons, but also to sidestep many of those Western sanctions by giving them a way to access money, payment systems, and other things they need. So that is going to be high at the top of the list when it comes to what's going to be discussed. Um, it is going to be quite difficult to see any progress because China for a long time has been downplaying its cooperation or you know, to pander to Western requests. So it is going to be a tough one to see any progress out of this phone call. But any progress is still good progress. So hopefully they can push the needle when it comes to um, the Ukraine war. All good that uh, lines of communication between the US and China remain open. Apart from geopolitics, let's turn now to a commodity whose trade has been turned upside by it. And I'm talking about nickel. Trade in the metal was suspended last week as prices skyrocketed and a large Chinese trader was caught at the wrong end of short sales. The London Metal Exchange has since reopened and closed and reopened again. Trade has certainly not been smooth. What's going on? Yeah, a lot of... um Problems. That's what's going on. A lot of glitches. So the London Metal Exchange tried to reopen and day one, it had glitches and it tried to restart things again. Day two, same thing once again. So essentially, glitches came down to the trading limits. The maximum that the price can drop initially was set at 5%, but due to software problems, it dropped below 5%. So it had to cancel a lot of those trades that it deemed should not have dropped below 5%. And then it pushed the limit to 8%. And the same thing happened again. So now they have now pushed the maximum limit to 12%. So hopefully... Third time lucky. <laughs> Here in Singapore, volatility in Chinese tech shares has led to a new casualty. Societe Generale and UBS has permanently suspended trading in something called DLCs, daily leverage certificates of Chinese tech companies on the Singapore exchange. Let's get a quick a primer. Ryan, what's a DLC? Yeah, DLC is pretty much a daily leverage certificate like you pointed out and the target market for this is traders or investors hoping to get leverage without having to you know, spend so much more than they would have otherwise to get exposure to certain stocks. For example, they can get fixed leverage of three to seven times um, based on the product and trade it both directions, rising or falling, so they can short it or long it. So it's been quite popular on the Singapore Exchange for a couple of these products, which are giving exposure to some of these um, hot Chinese stocks. Indeed. Uh, so why have SockGen and UBS stopped trading in these products? Okay, that is the thing, right? It's become so hot and in a way volatile as well. If you've been tracking what's been happening in the Chinese stock space, uh, you would have seen how many of these tech names have been under a lot of pressure, slumping in recent days and weeks. And for various reasons, to crack down and just concerns about COVID-19 and just pushing prices so low that when we had a glimpse of good news and that came in the form of the Chinese government coming out to say, hey, they will support the financial markets to make sure things are okay. That piece of good news was enough to spark a huge turnaround. And that sort of DLCs just spike big time. So it jumped more than 20% intraday for some of these DLCs and that triggered the airbag mechanism. So a bit of a limit as well um, 
which was what I discussed earlier. So that is something that is now being suspended because of the um, volatility involved in the DLCs and both issuers are uh, looking at it very closely. These are, are these permanent suspensions? These are now permanent suspensions for some of these products. So you are looking, for example, at the Alibaba 5 times short DLC. That is permanently suspended. You've got the Meituan 5 times short DLC also permanently suspended. So that's among some of the DLCs which have been suspended. So Baidu, Alibaba, Health, Meituan, Dianping, uh, these 5 times DLCs, a lot of them have been suspended, including NetEase, five times short DLCs. All right, let's turn to markets now. 21 minutes past nine. Shares in Hong Kong and China continue to do well following a show of support for the markets from Chinese officials. The Hang Seng Index jumped another 7% yesterday to close above 21,500. Here in Singapore this morning, we are just 22 minutes into the local trading day, seeing the Straits Times Index jump nearly 1% yesterday to 33.22. REITs let the market higher and it was a third straight day of gains for the blue chip index so how is the STI trading this morning and does it look like it will carry these gains into the weekend? Yeah, Michelle, it's pretty much tracking what's happening across the region. It's a cautious start and the STI just barely in the green by 0.02%. So it's at 3,323. And looking at the 30 constituents, we do have more green than red right now. Mm -hmm. We've got Seven counters underwater right now at the bottom. Taibev lower by 0.7%. Um, we've got at the top of the table, Capital Land Invest higher by 2.1%. Jardin Saka and Kerish uh, up by nearly a percent, followed by Hong Kong Land and Yang Zhejiang uh, Shipbuilding. And I guess one of the stocks that could be worth watching today would be Wilma International. So one of the headlines out of Indonesia is a bit of a policy U-turn um, that is concerning the um, domestic market where they were trying to make some of the producers be subjected to 30% of their volume being sold in domestic markets. That was up from 20%. So they have now changed that domestic market obligation to become an export levy instead. So that has implications for many of these um, palm oil exposed companies, including Wilmer. So something to watch out for today for Wilmer. For now, it is in the green by 0.2% at 462%. Uh, but some analysts expect that will be negative in the long term. So something to watch out for. All right. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang. Coming up is now the time to review your integrated shield plan. We will look at arguments for and against given where you are in the life cycle of things. That's coming up at 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.